0: The tragedy in Texas prompting a new conversation on guns and school safety. Today, we're hearing from Governor Eric Holcomb, Senator Mike Braun, and Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett. Plus, a look at the security efforts for this weekend's Indy 500 and state lawmakers override the governor's veto on the transgender sports bill. It's all ahead now on this week's edition of In Focus.
1: As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's
0: name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done? President Biden speaking after the tragic school shooting in Texas. He'll be there in Uvalde this weekend to remember the 19 elementary students shot to death at their school 80 miles west of San Antonio, where we're learning more stunning news about some of the failures in the response to that shooting. Today, we're also getting reaction from Washington, from the president and from Indiana's congressional delegation with everyone asking, what can we do to keep this from happening again? Here's Washington correspondent Alexandra Limon.
2: Democrats, including President Biden, are calling for gun control measures they say could help the gun violence problem in this country. But already, it seems like there's little desire for that among Republicans. The massacre at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas is the deadliest school shooting since Sandy Hook. Now President Biden is calling on Congress to do more than express thoughts and prayers. When in
1: God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby?
2: Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy made an impassioned plea for Republican senators to support gun control measures he says are common sense. Why do you go through all the hassle
1: of getting this job. If your answer is that as this slaughter increases, as our kids run for their lives, we do nothing.
2: And it appears all eyes turned to Republican senators after the shooting. When are we gonna do something? Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr Used his press conference to implore Republican senators to support measures like universal background checks.
3: Are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. Every time there's anything that comes up,
2: They want to buy him guns. Oklahoma Senator Jim Inoff wasn't alone in dismissing the idea of gun reform. Texas Senator Ted Cruz said in an interview that such restrictions don't work, and he pushed for more armed law enforcement at schools instead. Indiana Senator Mike Braun said he's open to finding common ground, including solutions not related to gun control.
1: There's generally a mental illness factor to it.
2: For years, Democrats have been pushing for measures like universal background checks and renewing the federal assault weapons ban. But those measures have failed to get enough support to become law. In Washington, Alexandra Limo.
0: Alexandra, thanks. In a statement, Congressman Andre Carson said thoughts and prayers are not enough. We need action and we need the courage to do what's right. He says he urges his Republican colleagues to stop listening to the gun lobby and start listening to the demands of the American people, in his words. Here's what Senator Braun said when asked about those calls from Democrats to do more.
3: What do you say to Democrats like Chris Murphy who say that dealing with mental health isn't enough?
1: You know, and I think that uh, you got to start where there's agreement among some of us and uh, I'm going to stake that out there uh, on my own that we got to do better at that. Uh, he may be right, but uh, if you want to get something done, you're going to have to start with a few of us that are going to acknowledge commonalities to this, and when you are telegraphing this ahead of time, uh, even in the form of a manifesto, uh, you've got to be on it, and I think law enforcement's got to do a better job with it. We have a red flag law back in uh, Indiana, uh, and that was probably something that, uh, on the FedEx shooting, it didn't work right, so we need to refine it, find the commonality, and try to go from there.
0: Now, in a statement, Senator Todd Young said this. While we don't know yet if it could have had an impact in this situation, enforceable red flag laws give local law enforcement a better chance at stopping senseless attacks. Like a number of states, Indiana has a red flag law and the federal government can come alongside these efforts and provide more resources for state and local governments. Speaking of local governments this week, we also went one on one with Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett, who said he'd like to do more at the local level, but legally says he can't. Unfortunately, local government, the, our hands are
1: tied. Um,
0: the real change makers, and I will continue to advocate change, uh, but the real change makers are members of the Indiana General Assembly and members of the United States Congress. Uh, people in Indiana uh, aren't well aware of the fact that local units of government are not allowed to impose any greater gun control measure than that which is authorized by the Indiana General Assembly. Uh, Even though I think that there would be consensus on the City County Council uh, to uh, make some changes, we just simply are prohibited by state law from doing so. Hiring more school resource officers has been a priority at the Statehouse in recent years. In 2019, lawmakers increased grant funding for schools to hire SROs by about 35 percent. Governor Holcomb made a request for that change in 2018 after the school shooting in Parkland, Florida. Earlier this year, legislators passed a new law that sets statewide training standards for SROs. Officers we've spoken with say they'd like to see every Indiana school have SROs on staff. But there's also a new measure that takes effect about a month from now that Governor Holcomb signed into law that essentially gets rid of the state's gun permit process, a move that state police had opposed. Our Russ McQuaid spoke with the governor earlier this week.
4: Here at the governor's mansion today, Eric Holcomb told me he doesn't have any second thoughts about letting Indiana's gun permit law expire July 1st. Beginning July 1st, state lawmakers decided that Hoosiers will no longer have to apply for a gun permit or answer honestly about their criminal or mental health histories to own a firearm in Indiana.
5: Policing in Indiana is at a crossroads, but we will not be doing mental health checks anymore, Russ. With those applicants, with the applicants that we used to have that that would apply to carry a handgun in Indiana, we're, we're not doing mental health checks anymore.
4: The teen who shot a teacher and a student at Noblesville West Middle School on this day four years ago was referred to the Indiana Department of Correction, where he was directed to receive intensive mental health counseling. After refusing to veto the legislature's vote to scrap the Indiana gun permit law, The governor said today that it's up to local schools to protect themselves with state financial and technical
5: help. The schools, the local, the most local governing body, cannot let their guard down. And we won't let them down when it comes to funding to help them do their job going into this legislative session as well. I think that we need to focus on making sure, in this case, schools maintain their integrity. You might call it hardening them when when children are in the classrooms. That's what we need to focus on.
4: The governor also said he's not in favor of banning the sale of body armor that many mass shooters wear to protect themselves from police gunfire. How about
5: we try something? I'm I'm, I'm angry. I'm angry about it. Because that's why we found ourselves where we are. We cannot continue to say that. We're about to lose it all. And those are strong words. But I really believe that if, if we don't switch gears... We're about to lose it all. State house
4: speaker Todd Houston tells me he has no second thoughts about eliminating Indiana's gun permit law on July 1st. When I asked him about legislative priorities in the upcoming session to curb this type of violence, he told me he hasn't had time to process it yet.
0: Okay, Russ McQuaid reporting from the governor's residence this past Wednesday. Now, that same day as the Texas shooting on Tuesday, state lawmakers met at the Indiana State House to deal with a different issue entirely, overriding the governor's veto on the transgender sports bill, making it illegal for transgender girls to compete in girls' school sports. Kristen Eskow spoke with lawmakers on both sides.
6: Lawsuits are already being filed to try to stop this new law from taking effect. Now, most Republican lawmakers here at the State House voted in favor of overriding the governor's veto. And since Republicans hold a supermajority in the legislature, that means they had more than enough votes to meet the simple majority needed to override the governor's veto. As AGA
7: 1041 is such a dumpster fire.
6: Despite protests and pushback from many Hoosier organizations, Republican Indiana lawmakers move forward with their override of the governor's veto of the transgender athletes bill. This very same language has been challenged in other states and has been found to be unconstitutional. Following the override vote, the ACLU announced it has filed a lawsuit on behalf of a 10 year old transgender girl who will no longer be able to play on her school softball team. While opponents have argued the law unfairly targets transgender kids, supporters believe it ensures fair competition. Girl sports. Republican legislative leaders defended their plans to override the governor's veto
4: protecting girl sports. That's what our focus of the bill is. And, and again, we feel good attorney general. I understand feels good about defending this. We Don't
3: like to get the state of Indiana suit, but it happens from time to time and it's a policy that uh, I think we can stand
6: behind. When Governor Eric Holcomb vetoed the bill, he raised several concerns, including the potential for lawsuits. When speaking with reporters Tuesday, he defended his veto, arguing there's no current risk to fairness in girls sports.
5: There is no problem. Um, In the state of Indiana, the IHSAA, has been handling it, has handled it, would continue to handle it.
6: The Indiana Attorney General has promised to defend the state against any lawsuits filed in connection with this legislation. The law is set to take effect July 1st at the Indiana State House. I'm Kristen Escal.
0: Kristen, thanks lawmakers say they could also be back in the coming months for a special session on abortion, but the governor says he won't be calling a special session to deal with the state's gas tax, something that Democrats, among others, have been calling for. We asked the governor and state lawmakers about that issue as well on Tuesday.
5: I understand this. Um, the hurt that not just Hoosiers, but Americans are feeling. With sky-high inflation, whether it's with gas or food, um, you name it, we prioritized being the crossroads of America. I also don't want to give relief to people who are passing through. I want to make sure any relief goes to Hoosiers themselves that are feeling the pain. It's
3: Memorial Day weekend. People are wanting to to travel, be with their families, be outside, Um, and we could have provided that relief, immediate relief, uh, for those folks, but we chose not to do that action today.
1: If Governor Holcomb doesn't want to call a special session to have them come back and suspend the taxes, then, you know, maybe uh, he might run for office again in Indiana, and the people of Indiana will have something to say about that.
0: The governor's also not planning to suspend the gas tax through an executive order, saying the state hasn't met the threshold of an energy emergency. But he did say that he's hoping to find other methods of providing Hoosiers some relief from inflation. All right, coming up next, we'll talk with our panel about the gun reform debate. Plus, former President Trump speaks to the NRA just days after his endorsed candidate lost to former VP Mike Pence's endorsed candidate in Georgia. We'll take a closer look at what that means. And the security plan for this weekend's Indy 500, and what IndyCar drivers are saying about the tragic news from Texas. We're getting more reaction to this week's top stories, including, of course, the deadly school shooting in Texas. Our lawmakers here in Indiana facing some criticism this week for their lack of action on gun reform. In fact, this year they rolled back some of our state's gun laws, essentially doing away with gun permits altogether. Others criticized the General Assembly for instead focusing on social issues. This week they overrode the governor's veto on the transgender sports bill, making it illegal for transgender girls to play girls school sports, a move that former Indianapolis Mayor Greg Ballard, a Republican, had opposed. These sorts of laws do not bode well for the attraction of talent. This sends a certain kind of message out there that we're not focused on Uh, the future economy, the future education of our our, uh, students. Former state superintendent of schools, Jennifer McCormick, now a Democrat, posted this to social media saying kids and their teachers are murdered. No legislative action. Kids want to play sports. GOP legislators call a special session and take swift action against transgender children. Let that sink in mccormick said all right let's bring in our panel right now to discuss this week's top stories joining us this week former state party chair for the indiana democrats robin winston former gop lawmaker mike murphy politicos adam wren and u political science professor dr laura wilson M- mike i'll start with you and get your response to what dr mccormick said they're criticizing the general assembly for essentially focusing on the wrong things in her view. Well,
3: as often happens with people who don't don't understand politics, um, like Jennifer McCormick, um, you can't conflate the issues. These issues are separate issues. They were that's why they're separate bills. That's why they're dealt with separately. Everybody makes their judgment on each on each issue separately, and then they have to live with their record. So nobody sat down and said, Okay, let's 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 you know do this transgender bill and let's do this gun bill and they all kind of fit together. That just doesn't happen in the General Assembly, and so she's wrong, and that's probably one of the reasons why she's no longer in
0: office. And Robin, your reaction to what Mike said there and to everything that we saw this week from, from Texas to, to the State House here in Indiana.
1: Well, first off, she was good enough to be elected by their party statewide, so she does know something about politics. Um, and her career is not over with yet, I don't think. But she's right about the fact that when it's an urgent thing about transgender, the General Assembly came to session. But we have a bigger, urgent issue right now about the uh, kids being killed in school that has got to be addressed. One thing that, that I listened to you earlier reports we don't have a law that bans body armor. Who needs body armor other than law enforcement? We could take that action tomorrow.
0: Well, let's turn to Laura next. Um, you know, wherever one stands uh, politically uh, on the gun issue, a situation like what we saw in Texas. Uh, CERTAINLY MAKES A LOT OF PEOPLE WONDER HOW CONGRESS HASN'T BEEN ABLE TO ACCOMPLISH MUCH OF ANYTHING ON on BACKGROUND CHECKS OR OTHER SIGNIFICANT GUN LEGISLATION HERE IN RECENT YEARS.
8: HAVING SO MANY OF THESE crises AND TRAGEDIES THAT JUST EVERY WEEK WE TALK ABOUT BUFFALO, WE TALK ABOUT TEXAS, it, IT MAKES IT VERY OBVIOUS THAT WE HAVEN'T HAD THE LEGISLATIVE RESPONSE that's clearly required to change some of these things. I think when we think about rights, um, we do have constitutional rights that are given to us, but they are also accompanied with responsibility. And whether that's the freedom of speech, that's the right to bear arms, it's the right to vote, there are some limitations, there are some restrictions. We. ASK, WE REQUIRE THAT PEOPLE DO THESE THINGS RESPONSIBLY. AND YET CONGRESS OR STATE LEGISLATURE, ELECTED LEADERS IN GENERAL HAVEN'T BEEN WILLING OR ABLE TO DO THIS FOR THE AMERICAN PEOPLE AND THUS WE ALL SUFFER.
0: ADAM, MANY YEARS BACK BOTH DAN COATS AND RICHARD Luger VOTED FOR THE ASSAULT WEAPONS BAN WHICH LATER EXPIRED AND, and DEFINITELY WOULDN'T HAVE uh, ENOUGH SUPPORT NOW. Uh, in the GOP. There's there's some talk of maybe finding some areas where Congress can find uh, some common ground. Do you think that's likely from what we've from what you've heard so far?
7: Uh, I do not think it's likely. Uh, It it doesn't uh, seem that there is a lot of willingness Uh, AMONG, FOR EXAMPLE, OUR TWO SENATORS, uh, REPUBLICAN SENATORS, MIKE Braun AND SENATOR TODD YOUNG, TO CONSIDER uh, EVEN WORKING WITH uh, SOMEONE LIKE CHRIS MURPHY, A DEMOCRAT. YOUNG WORKS WITH MURPHY ON A NUMBER OF ISSUES, WHETHER IT'S FOREIGN POLICY OR uh, FINANCIAL ISSUES. HE'S WORKING ON PERSONAL FINANCIAL ISSUES WITH CORY BOOKER THIS WEEK. Uh, BUT IT DOESN'T SEEM LIKE THERE'S THAT APPETITE THERE. AND REALLY THE NRA CANNOT BE BLAMED um, AT THIS MOMENT IN TIME. THEY'VE BEEN DEFANGED OF MUCH OF THEIR POWER uh, uh, this is really on Mitch McConnell and Republican senators and whether they're willing to to come to the table and work with Democrats here.
0: Robin, this weekend, former President Trump speaking at the NRA convention, which happens to be in the state of Texas this year, of all places.
1: Well, let's hope that he offers something about a tragedy that's about an hour away from there. Um, you know, the, the president doesn't need to come down here and be a demagogue right now. We need to settle things down. But I'm still looking for action from the Republican side of the aisle other than saying, give the teacher a nine millimeter and harden the facility. You know, Dan, if I go get Sudafed tonight, I've got to show a card, I've got to sign. That's just Sudafed. An 18-year-old can't drive a truck long distance by themselves. But yet, this kid turned 18, the next day went and bought an assault weapon, an AR, I mean, yeah, an AR-15, and went and did an assault in the school. I think that's outrageous.
0: We saw a lot of troubling news Friday about the response, the slow response time there. Uh, Mike changing gears here talking about uh, former President Trump who we mentioned at the NRA this weekend and former Vice President Pence uh, who's uh, scheduled to be out at the Indy 500 again, we understand we did see some pretty interesting election results this past week out of the state of Georgia where Pence's endorsed candidate handily beat Trump's endorsed candidate in the Republican primary for governor.
3: Well, I think, first of all, I think Pence had one of the best nights of his career Tuesday night when his candidates won and Trump's lost by big, big margins. Um, I would have to tell you that, uh, you know, Pence knows who he is, he doesn't make mistakes, and he lets his faith in the Constitution be his guardrails, and he's got a big future still ahead. Let me make one comment about the, the, the situation in Texas if I can and the assault weapons. What you have to remember, I know memories are short, But what you have to remember is the assault weapons ban was fully in place when Columbine happened, number one. Number two, when Clinton signed the assault weapons ban, he grandfathered in all the previously manufactured assault weapons, so there were a million or so already out there. Um, So even the laws that have been passed by both parties with good intent have not been successful. So we have to rethink
0: everything. Laura, how do you see this issue uh, on guns impacting uh, the midterms uh, this year as, as we move toward the fall?
8: It's going to be very prevalent. Uh, obviously, it's going to be very important. And there's no shortage of issues right now. If we talk about gas taxes, if we talk about baby formula, um, inflation and other social issues too, the question of abortion. Uh, so add it to the long list. The biggest thing, and might kind of mention this, is how long voters' memories are, because unfortunately we have so many of these tragedies and yet they happen over and over again. I think, and I worry, sometimes we become too anesthetized to them and um, we're not as responsive and sensitive. I do think it'll be an important issue and it's certainly something voters will take with them. The question of how prevalent it is and how much it matters in November, of course, remains to be seen.
0: Okay. Uh, We'll have to leave it there. Our thanks to the panel. They'll be back here in just a few minutes. Coming up next, we'll talk about this weekend's Indy 500, the security plan, and what IndyCar drivers are saying about the tragic news from Texas this past week. More than 325,000 people are expected this weekend at the racing capital of the world. It's the first time the race is that full since 2019. Before the pandemic, law enforcement from multiple agencies will be up the track. No specific threats, but they'll have a big presence on hand as they always do with more than 1000 officers there at the track.
5: That's the number that we believe is the right number for this place to be safe. Uh, we Obviously we know what's going on in the world. It didn't just take what's happened in the last 10 days for us to know that that was a challenge so that 1100 police officers we believe is is more than an appropriate level of law enforcement here to help make sure that we uh, that we um, are taking care of our customers.
0: Meantime this week's shooting in Texas top of mind for a lot of IndyCar drivers this week as they visit with school children from across the community here in Indiana.
4: Obviously, very tough, especially after um, what happened yesterday. Uh, Everybody's still very shocked by it. And uh, so at least what we can do is um, come and celebrate with the kids so that they forget about what's happening in the news.
0: Elio, of course, won last year's race. We'll see if he can do it again this year. Other drivers this week speaking out as well. Stick around. We're back to wrap things up right after this. All right, closing out the program as we always do with this week's winners and losers. Adam, you're up first.
7: Winner, Mike Pence, week in and week out, making strategic decisions ahead of 2024. Another hopeful winner, Graham Rahal, uh, as he races in the Indy 500 today. Another Buckeye turned Hoosier like myself. There you go, Laura.
8: I have two winners, Congress for passing legislation making it easier for families to have access to baby formula and also the city of Indianapolis. They're opening eight public pools this summer and making those free for Marion County residents. I know my family is really excited to use them.
0: That sounds nice this weekend. Mike?
3: Mine has to be Eric Holcomb. He has um, $4.6 billion in economic development announcements this week, 2,000 jobs. That's a grand slam.
1: Robin. Mine's a U.S. military. Last Sunday, they flew a half million uh, bottles of formula in here. So the resolve of our military is to keep kids alive. The resolve of the Russian military is to kill people.
0: All right. We're going to leave things there. Hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you again next week.